There are few groups tighter knit than the cast and crew of a musical theater production. At first, you are simply co-workers with these people, forced to spend your time together as you work towards a common goal. However, as the opening night grows closer and the stakes are raised, the bonds between the actors become tighter and tighter until they are fused like family ties. Eventually, after many harrowing performances where you are counting on one another to have your back, the entire production feels like a single unit. Several performers fuse together like a single living, breathing entity. It's quite beautiful, actually, and at this point, I finally feel like we've reached that place here at the Walden Theatre. It's been a long time coming for the cast and crew of The Longest Train, a new musical that's been struggling here on Broadway over its first few months. Finally, and thanks to the addition of a new celebrity lead opposite myself, the play is starting to flourish. Shows are beginning to sell out every night, and the investors are happy, but more importantly, the play itself is absolutely spectacular. I've been a professional actor for over a decade now, but still in my early 20s. During all of this time, I've never felt more at home in a production, but then again, I'm not all that familiar with the theater as much as I am television sets, which can be somewhat disjointed at times. As one of the younger cast members here, I find myself subjected to tidal waves of casual ribbing and harmless jokes. I'm an easy target, but I don't really mind. I'm well aware that as soon as a greener actor comes along, he'll be the butt of everyone's joke. Until then, I'm the one with the target on my head for good-hearted teasing. It's because of this that I don't give much weight to the words of my fellow castmates at the bar tonight. We are doing our usual after-performance cool-down at the tavern around the corner from our theater, trading stories and gossip like we usually do post-show. Something strange is in the air, though. A spookiness that I can't quite put my finger on. While most of our powwows revolve around discussing who is sleeping with who, the subject at our table this evening is one of ghosts, goblins, and various haunted theater lore. I saw him up in the rafters tonight, my friend and co-lead, Mark says. There is an outburst of skepticism from around the table. Oh, please, another one of the cast members says, completely not buying it. That's ridiculous. I saw him, Mark insists, shaking his head and holding his hand up in a vehement profession of innocence and truth. I swear on my life. When I spotted him, I almost forgot my lines. Saw who? I finally interject. The entire table goes completely silent, the crew around me exchanging amused glances as they react to the bewildered naivety of their young star. You don't know, Mark asks, a hush falling across our group. Everything seems deathly serious now, as if this particular joke has irrevocably gone too far. No, what? I ask, still grasping for meaning in all of this. Mark hesitates for a moment, squeezing out all of the drama that he possibly can. You don't know about the hunchback of the Walden Theater? I shake my head. Suddenly, someone interjects, one of the lighting guys who I haven't spent much time with yet. Don't you mean hunchbacks? There's more than one up there, you know. Mark dismisses this comment with a casual wave. Sure, sure. What about him? What about him? I ask. Or them? Him, Mark assures me. Well, who is he? I continue. Mark takes a deep breath. A long time ago, when the theater was first built, there was a man who would come to every show. He was a strange man, in fact. Most people would call him a beast. A beast? I ask. Like, how? The rumor goes that his mother was a famous actress of the day, but his father was a demon from hell, explains Mark. He was born hunched over and disfigured, with a face so terrifying that eventually other audience members started to ask for him to be banned from the theater. The owner at the time was kind enough to ignore these requests, but his refusal to forbid the hunchback from attendance gave him a bad name around town. Eventually, some of the actors started to protest when ticket sales began to decline, but the owner held strong. That's beautiful, I offer. Well, the theater owner had a big heart, and the hunchback was not a bad man by any means. He was just terrifying to look at, Mark tells me. Eventually, though, things came to a head. One night, during a sold-out performance, a fire broke out in the theater. 
It was complete panic, men and women running for the exits and trampling over each other as smoke filled the main room. Is that what the black markings are on the brick of my green room? I ask. Burns from the fire? 